0: sitting on the top floor of the Skin Med building and the Swiss Aesthetic Institute with the CEO, who is Dr. Felix Bartram, who has achieved some truly amazing um, results here in Switzerland. And I'm very honored to be able to bring him to you guys and see what what he can share, because it's been a tremendous journey and he's open to sharing all of it um, so that you can hopefully feel inspired in your businesses. So welcome, Felix. Thank you, Tim. Thank you. So, I mean, it is, I have said this to you already, but it is, a, it is amazing walking around this building. And um, I'd, I'd like, I thought, because often when people see something like this, uh, in fact, it's one of, the, one of the mistakes I've made, certainly in my younger days, is, is assuming that there's, it was easy somehow or maybe you inherited loads of money and, or you just bought it this way. Um, and I know that's not the case. I'd, I'd be quite interested in you, in you t- touching a little bit on on what's behind what you've done here and why, why you started it. And what it was, well, let's go to what, what it was like actually building this with the why built in.
1: Probably, um, I mean, I started as a dermatologist in a small practice and I wanted to do that for the rest of my life, but when I look back to my even to my childhood there 's a wet threat in my life, and I always was interested in business, even if my childhood i 'd like to create small businesses with my my brother and we worked on stuff um, so it, and also during my studies, my med school, I always was interested in books about business, so I think that 's my true passion and my true uh, purpose so I, I, the, the case was when I, when I started off as a dermatologist my waiting list was getting longer and longer. And what many Swiss or German dermatologists then do, or doctors, they stop taking new clients. And that was painful for me, because I had the feeling there is a demand, so I have to have an answer for them. So I hired a first doctor and then she was fully booked and then the building was too small or the, the venue was too small, so we moved to a new venue. And all this happened by, by accident. It, there was no plan or master plan. And so it grew and grew and grew. That's the basic story. And I, my fuel is I'm never happy with what I have achieved. Uh, there, there is no such success, success where I say, okay, that's fine. I want to achieve that and then it's good. I remember when I was uh, a student, I, I met a young doctor who said, I'm earning 3,000 uh, German D Mark per month. And I prayed to the God of mine I said, oh God, when I could earn 3,000. German Mark a month, I'm happy, that's all I want to achieve. And but that's not true, it's not happening. So once you get there, and that was some, somewhere very early, you move forward, and that's what's driving me. I'm never happy, I'm ne- never satisfied. Not in a bad manner, no, not that I'm not satisfied, but I want to do more, I want to explore more. The world is so great, and it's like a playground for me, and I want to discover something new.
0: So you're, it's a discovery in the process of creation, you're, you're trying yes. to, yeah, that's very interesting. to nice yeah. So you're trying, so what, what do you think you're, dis, what are you discovering in that creation? Is it something inside
1: or is it something? That's a very difficult question. Uh, uh, it's not success necessarily, and I don't aim, we touched that briefly, I don't aim to make it bigger and bigger and bigger. It very much can happen that I stop this at a certain point and do something totally new. I think life, you have this lifespan, you have this time in life, and it's, like you already said, it's, it's to, to fill it with purpose, to do meaningful things. And life is a journey, um, and, and, and your purpose may change. And my purpose wasn't, was something totally different when I was young, and now it's changing maybe again. If you want the same with 82, then with 22, you probably Hugh Hefner.
0: Yeah. Have, have you ever had any phases of your life where you felt like you weren't living your purpose?
1: Yes. I think, um, I think there's some, I call it the personal narrative. If you get a doctor, you and your personal surrounding creates this personal narrative of being a doctor. And I was afraid of taking action, do something different. And I hid my passion, my purpose for business, because I knew my surrounding, my parents, my friends, my peers wouldn't appreciate that. And that's the truth. When I started to go more into business, and um, then I first cut one day off being a doctor, and then two, and then three, and then I only worked two days as a doctor, I was criticized quite a a lot and said, you're a doctor, you should care about your patients, you shouldn't do business. And then I would start writing a column for a local newspaper and then again criticism came in and said, you're a doctor, you shouldn't write uh, a column in a newspaper. So I think that's a big factor, having this personal narrative, what you should do and what you should be. But as you grow older and if you get more self-esteem, you may become, and I wish that to every person, come to your real purpose. Hmm. That's really interesting. Because I 100% agree with you, I mean, and
0: there's a big part of me that still does my GP work out of yeah. that narrative. Um, it's very hard to give up, and I, every time I do, I feel this horrible, this horrible sense of guilt, and
1: yeah, and then I'm <laughs> I go back <laughs> the same. I yeah. still have the same, uh, and you have these talks with your friends, and you invested so much in your medical career. Yes, true, but now times has changed. I still do it once a week. Um, we told, we talked about that. I, I, I do injections and surgery once a week, but that's fine for me. That's my level. I'm, I'm happy with that, and yeah. it's my life. I decide what I do.
0: It's it's certainly very relevant to our audience because I think whenever you talk to anyone in aesthetics, there's a painful moment of pulling yes. away from what's a really there's very few careers that are so ironed out in front of you. Like if you're if you're a nurse, you know what yeah. that is going to be for the rest of your career, and to suddenly say, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to start my own business. Are they everyone gets a huge amount of resistance yeah. and I think it's because of this narrative in our culture around doctors, nurses, caring yeah. and then there's another narrative which which is the business is somehow the opposite of all that yeah. and that's maybe something to touch on um, as well which is how how, how do you infuse obviously it's, it's basically a hospital that you have here it does amazing things but in terms of do you infuse your business with some of those ethos like how are you how are you running the two philosophies together of Making money and profit, while also being a doctor.
1: Yeah, I don't think that's uh, necessarily opposite of each other. Or, or, I mean, my ethos is to really give quality to my patients, and to really listen to them, and to make sure that I do the thing they need and want, as long as as it is in my ethics standards. Um, So, I, I never. I'm never for the money. I'm never going for the money. I, 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 in first case, I think of the patient and what he needs. And if it's only 200 Swiss francs, it's 200 Swiss francs. But in the long run, that, that causes success because they send their aunties and friends and stuff like this. And yeah, I think aesthetics doesn't necessarily mean you have to... To be a business person and have to find strategy, strategies to earn more money and to sell more fillers, I think we have we can do aesthetics with the same ethic standard than we did our doctor's job. Mm-hmm. Do you agree on that? I'm yeah, not selling. I've, I'm 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 providing the best I can give to my patients and clients, and I hope they value that with the, with paying the bill and coming back. Well,
0: there's a, there's an interesting thing which I took a while to discover, which is that the if you really just focus on the what's the most valuable thing you can do, it, it is solve the patient's problem to the highest level. And you're not thinking about money, but it, that so happens to have a high value associated with sure. it. Sure. So it's, it's but, but often I think people think that business starts out with how do I make profit? And actually, if you start a business that way, you tend to come up with some ba- some pretty bad yeah. solutions because they're not actually solutions. The solu- the problem you're posing is how to solve my problem of not having profit, yeah. which is a really bad mindset to to put something to market in that form, you have to solve the patient's problem. So in many ways, I think medicine it could be one of the best ways of thinking about business yeah. is that you always do things in the interests of the people that you serve. I agree with and, that. And then you have a better business. Yeah. So uh, that, that, that's interesting. We touched a little bit about the, the friction of, well, in terms of money and um, the fact that you're, I mean, you're, you're probably one of the most wealthy people that you know. Well, like certainly from your friendship group and your... Growing up older, and if you if you hang around with doctors, you must be. D- does that cause any friction in your relationships? And is it a thing that you don't pay attention to, or
1: have you? I would to? say so. Um, when you're young, you dream of all this money and and all the, all this stuff. And um, I mean, when i I, my parents had no money. They were teachers. Uh, we talked about that yesterday. lot uh, Waldorf school teachers, they were very left-winged politically. We had no money when we were kids. And I always dreamed of these big cars, and I always had the feeling money is related to success and success is related to happiness, which is not true, I know today. Um, and When I, I first earned my money, with, with, in the early 30s, I bought a Porsche and all this stuff. Today, it's not important to me. I live a luxury life, of course. Uh, I can I can afford almost everything. I don't have to watch on the on the prices in the supermarket. That's a very liberal thing. But money is just freedom for me. The freedom for me, it's important. For freedom is a very important word in my life in many directions. But I appreciate just to travel wherever I want, whenever I want with any vehicle I choose. I wanna be quick there and there and then I can go there. That's something very important to me. Um, but in my relationships, money is not, not, not an issue. I, I'm a very down-to-earth person. I have dogs, I, I appreciate the nature. I, we can sit and have a beer and just fish and chips. I, I, don't, I don't appreciate that fancy lifestyle that much.
0: Yeah, but do, do people ever impose their
1: narrative on you? Around. Probably, but that, yeah, that's a good question. I never thought that much on that. I mean, Maybe you shouldn't think about it because it's a never-ending negative
0: <laughs> possible yeah. question. Uh, it's, so, it's something that I've struggled with. It has good
1: sides and bad sides. On one mm. side, your status grows and having a high status is is good because things happen easier. If I do a call, a phone call, mm. most things are happening then while well, my staff tried it several times without success. and. Stuff like this, but also maybe, yeah, people, maybe it causes some negativity, but I don't feel it that much. I sometimes fear the
0: status thing in a bad way. Like, I don't, I don't want, I naturally do not want people to, I don't, as useful as a business thing, but yeah. I like everyone to feel equal.
1: Sure, and but that's what we talked earlier. Um, when you go on our webpage, you, you, you hardly find that I'm the CEO and the founder and owner of this business. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I told you, all doctors are the same, and I'm the last one. If you if you watch to our webpage, I'm, I'm amongst the last three doctors uh, on the pictures and, and on, on, on the, how do you say that? Um, so... I consider myself as an easygoing person, and I don't know how, how you think about me and how you feel. So I, I don't think money or status or stuff like this is, a, is an issue between me and friends and colleagues. Uh, but also, when I'm in my business, I'm very clear and I'm very uh, structured, and, and when it's necessary, I use my status, yes. I wonder because a lot of our
0: audience battle with the money side of things, and and it's I think it's one of the first hurdles, particularly as an NHS type employee, because we all have these the, the more left wing narrative going on, and that if you make money, if someone gives you money, somehow they've lost and you've won. Um, what advice would you give to someone who's who's battling with with that kind of philosophical issue with the fact that they want to start a business, but they're also they have these other thoughts?
1: Yeah. I think I would come back to the things we talked about initially. Uh, if we have this mindset, taking from the medical field, being ethical and delivering the best we can in the high, high and safe quality, we shouldn't bother charging for this. Why should we? And I said, I never... I never ask Julie, I, I think I'm one of the generous person on earth. I love giving money and I have the feeling it all comes back not because I'm cheap, not at all. I charge my treatments, because the people pay for my time and pay for my skills and my training, and I don't have any problems by charging this, but it's not my first priority. Mm. And I, I, I see it that way. And when I see these happy, grateful patients after my treatments, I don't feel bad about taking the money. It's yeah. their choice. And, and if they say it's, it's more value than I paid for them mm. oh, yeah.
0: You know, so if you, I mean, it's true with anything. If you buy, if you buy a new phone, the money was worth, was worth less to you than the phone. So it's, it's otherwise you would want the money. Yeah. So it's that sense of you have to respect people to make a decision of what the value is. Sure. And then you do your best to deliver more, more as much as you possibly can. But it is, it's a free choice that they, that they are grateful for. Absolutely. And, and that's my experience with patients is they, they actually worry less about the money than the clinicians do yeah. a lot of the time. Uh, Especially when they're new to it because the patients they don't want the money. They want the treatment. Yeah, (laughs) and the clinician has this internal battle sometimes
1: There's something interesting Um, Well, as I said, I started off as a dermatologist and my first practice was just a regular practice more or less Maybe a little bit more posh than an average practice, but just normal and in this practice I had negotiations all the time about money. Oh, do you give discount if I buy two could you? since we have this lensberg and here we really follow the concept of design we have everything is 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 designed interior design uh colors we have corporate uh, identity corporate design um it's very nice and, and trendy and, and and fancy and since we are here nobody or very few people negotiate and i think it's the same I mean, it's a strategy many luxury brands follow. You don't go to Louis Vuitton or Hermes and negotiate about money, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the environment. I wouldn't. I, I would feel embarrassed to go there and ask for a discount. They would laugh at me. So, that, I mean, that's not the question you had, but I'm just coming yeah, to that no. because I think it's much about the the the, the world you create. And the feeling you transport and 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 that that helps to avoid the the money issue and we maybe, i mean, maybe i'm lucky because we are here in Switzerland. we do not have this much competition, especially here outside of Zurich, maybe inside of zurich it's more um, I never thought about this issue that much because it 's not a big issue for us we don't people pay their bills and they are happy most of them yeah
0: it's, it's definitely I sometimes say it's you basically get to decide the conversation that you have in your marketing. Yeah. And this building is partly the marketing. And the conversation is, we're elevating its quality. Yeah. It's, you know, this isn't bargain basement. <laughs> um,
1: come and negotiate. Um, if you want a discount or you want a cheap uh, offer, you go to um, Beauty2Go whatever. These are these cheap budget chains. You have the choice. But SkinMate, SkinMate's position is at the high-end level, and people know that. So it's um, the,
0: the 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 conversation is that you're you're talking to a group of people who value that stuff, yeah. And I think a lot of new injectors think I just have to get customers anyway, and they don't know how to do that, and they start to talk about price, like if you come to me, I'll charge you less, and that just starts this horrible spiral yeah. where they end up hating their customers. Yeah. Their patience because it's
1: getting worse and worse, and and people wait for the for the discount. You have the same in retail, by the way. I I have a skincare brand, and we don't we don't give discounts because exactly, if you start giving discounts, people wait for the next promotion period where the next discount comes, and then you can't move out of this. Mm
0: -hmm. Tell tell me about that's just an interesting segue of starting a skin a skincare brand. Tell, Tell me about what the because a lot of branding is
1: the story and the philosophy. What, what is the story and the philosophy behind your skincare brand? Well, at a certain extent, we have to think about how can we communicate and transport our business and our philosophy. And I discovered that what we are doing, the aesthetic industry, plastic surgery injections, is difficult to get into the media. And if we are in the media, it's always about botched uh, celebrities or stuff like this. So I'm thinking of different ways how to... Yeah, spread our message. And skincare is at first a very logical um, piece of the puzzle, right? Because we see all these patients every day in the dermatology department as well as in aesthetics, and we can sell these products, and they love it. Uh, and it's also a good good advertising tool because people see it in the department stores and see skin made doctors and Google it. Um, the same with the restaurant. So the restaurant is another piece of the puzzle to transport. I mean, another brand doing it well is like Red Bull. They sell drinks, but you know them for these sport events and adventure. And if you think of Red Bull, you always think of these cool guys flying with these or driving motorbikes or driving fast cars. So they create this world of adventure. And we want to create this world of beauty and feeling good in your skin. Mm. I love that it's also very helpful for me to see how strategic everything
0: is. So it's not just oh we should make money with skincare, we should open a restaurant. There's a there's a, there's a strategic um, benefit which is it's marketing for everything. So yeah. you've you've answered you've solved the problem of how do I get into the newspapers on my terms rather than when something goes wrong. Yeah. And and uh, that's that's a really useful thing to understand as well. You've you've clearly very strategic in how you see things. And mm-hmm. I actually think it's one of the things a lot of people they don't even necessarily understand what strategy is and they replicate other people's strategies from the outside, which is never the same anyway. Yeah. So, and that's one thing to ask yourself in a, in a new business is how, how can I get that attention in a way that other people aren't doing it? And also, how, how can you basically provide your service but in a way that's strategically better than everyone else? Yeah. Um, and if, if you just ask those questions, eventually yeah. you'll come up with a better
1: answer than yeah. copying everyone else. I think you can be distinctive, but just following your purpose. Every person has something unique, some like interior design. So they might be incredibly talented in creating this lovely small environment with drinks and a coffee machine, and they get patience because it's just a beautiful place. Mm-hmm. Or you are a very good, good communicator, and that's your strength. And um, I mean, I'm not strategic because I have to be, it's just my purpose. When I'm in bed in the evening, I'm not watching soccer or movies, I'm thinking of how to move forward, how to make things better, what, is our, what, what, what kind of business are we doing? I love thinking of stuff like this. So it's not, it's, it's not work for me, it's just my passion.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's very unusual. I sometimes wonder if it's, because uh, you said you've always, you've always been that way since you were a child, yeah. so it's just uh, the way that your brain works. Um, and uh, there's something that I have as well with chess. Like I used to play a lot of chess when I was a kid and I remember thinking, business is a lot like that. You've, we've all got the same pieces. Like you, you have the same pieces as, as any, any other doctor and, or even any other person, but you haven't done the same thing with them. You've assembled them and made something
1: but, very But it's the same with you. You are incredibly successful, but your purpose and your distinctiveness is slightly different from mine. But you are, you are aware of that and you focus on your strength and you're very, very successful with that. I, 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 I admire you. I'd love to have only a piece of that. Your educational skills, your knowledge, the way you do all this educational stuff. And yeah, I saw incredible things last night, which is beyond these, um, cut it out if I don't allow to, allow to talk, the 3D stuff, I was totally blown away by that.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it's, a, it's been, a, um like what you said like an accidental discovery because yeah. I, I never I, what I love about Julie is she was so planned yeah. and she had this vision and she executed it but for me it's been a, an accidental discovery and I have little bit of the, the way but that's the same for us I, I yeah.
1: same for me I have had no master plan mm-hmm. it, but I might be strategically but, but that's by accident. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You also use the word play as well, that it's a playground. I think a degree of play is really important. I, I often look back to my early days of photoshopping my brother's head onto a dog <laughs> uh, and yeah. thinking I was playing, but I was learning some of the skills that I now use to communicate and you just never know
1: what game is going to end up with a, as being a useful skill. Yeah, it's, use. I think it's important to enjoy the journey, yeah. also for the audience. Make sure you enjoy the journey. If you don't enjoy the journey, you won't make it probably because what we do is really hard work we also have to go through a lot of boring stuff and daily routines and challenges you only can do that if you enjoy the journey somehow so make sure you don't I mean we all copied people at a certain extent or we followed some people but by growing you have to find your own purpose and your passion and then it's easy
0: yeah I think it's a probably a really good way good place to end which is if you're watching this and you're building your own practice it's fine to copy initially, but then infuse yourself into the brand. Try some new things, play a little bit, come up with your own strategy, and that's the best thing that you're likely to, you may stumble across something by accident that ends up into something way better. Yes, I agree on that.
1: Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Felix.